Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh and today I'm going to be talking about The Poppy War, the first book in a series, also named The Poppy War, by R.F. Kuang. Now, I do want to give a very strong content warning on this book before I get into anything else, really. This book, uh, contrary to what you might believe, does contain lots of violence and death and gore And if you are not super comfortable or willing to read those things, then I would advise you to not read this series. You could probably read the first part of the series. And drugs, drug use, that's also another one. Sorry, drug use is also in there. If you don't want to read about any of that, then I would advise stopping. If you're uh, kind of okay with it, you know, part one is very light on most of it. And... You're going to want to stop there if that's how you feel. And parts two and parts three uh, are definitely heavy and very graphic. So just a a firm warning to anybody out there who might be considering this. If you don't like it or don't want to read it, then I just not the book for you. So that's not in a bad way. Everybody has their own choices and their own things that uh, they like and don't like. But this one... We'll get very graphic very quick. And with that content warning out of the way, let's burn the magic of books. Now, this is an interesting book. I, let's just talk about it, trying to not spoil things. The I kind of went in with a, a somewhat different expectation from the book, which did not hurt me in this situation. I kind of went into it. Uh, if you read the first chapter and the first uh, kind of like a little summary you know that Ren, our main character, you know, studies, takes a test, and is eligible to go to this special military school. So I was kind of in my mind thinking it was going to be a longer thing about that, specifically about the military school. And it is, for part one. And then part two happens, and that's the war, and then part three happens, and it's uh, the war, but worse, if you can believe it. So it wasn't it wasn't bad. I like the three separate the three acts they were good i just i felt very not like i I thought it was going to be more of the school learning longer than it was which is not again bad that's just how it is i I really like uh, rf kwong's character work i think she's done at least for our main character some of the others can feel a little a little uh, flat but our main character and the characters we spend the most time with you know we really see how they are and how they act and why they're choosing certain things. And, and I don't agree with a lot of the things that she chooses. And I, I have small things. There was just one or two things. Sometimes I felt like she wasn't as true to the character as she could have been. And maybe after I think about it even more, I'll realize that she was actually more true to the character than I was. So we'll find out later on. But I think that R.F. Kwong did a great job building this world and exploring it and making sure that we kind of understand how it fits and how the world is. There's a ton of, of history and kind of lore behind it, but it's never really worked in a super info dumpy way. It really makes sense in the context and we're seeing how things play out and how they connect and why things had to happen. And I really feel like it's pretty realistic about how things would have gone in a history with the wars and such that they had. And, and I like that. And I, I really think that her writing was uh, extraordinary. She did a really good job taking all these things and making them fit. And I never felt like her pl- prose was 
was too much or over the top while still giving more than just the barest of bare details. So uh, one thing I did learn uh, as I was reading this is that parts of the brutality and the the deaths that we're going to talk about later were actually, you know, pulled straight from the rape of Nanking, you know, an actual historical event. And so, you know, knowing that this is what people have actually done in our own history, yeah, it really kind of puts a different spin on it. Just like, yeah, you know, you can kind of separate and say, oh, it's just a fantasy world, you know, real people don't do stuff like that. And it's like, well, actually, this time fantasy is imitating life, and we have done something like that. So, you know, I really, that part kind of just made it hit a little differently than before. So the plot was really good. I mean, it's a pretty standard plot. Girl takes tests, goes to school, learns in school, is kind of ostracized, beat down, because she's the peasant, rises and performs really well. And then she kind of breaks a little bit and it goes, you know, now there's a war and it's here on our doorstep. And now we're taking the war out and they are, you know, fighting in the war and it gets very gritty and stuff. And that's good. Um, The plot kind of meanders in the war, though, like till the end. So near the end, I mean, the beginning is very strong. You know, I'm going to go to the school and I'm going to graduate and I'm going to learn and that's it. And I'm like, and then the war. And, And I guess that's just more true to life. The wars are not. You know, like, oh, I I do this and then I win the war immediately and everything's happy and there's a clear goal, you know. So it kind of wanders a little bit, but not to its detriment. Um, Yeah, I really liked the first part. And uh, surprise, surprise, I did not enjoy as much the second and the third part of the book. Just uh, it's just a bit too graphic for me. Now, I I still read it and I, you know, and... It's tough to say. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it was a little much for me, but it works really well within the story that she created. So it was worth it. It, And then I I did enjoy the book overall, though. I thought it had lots of good things and, you know, lots of iffy things. So I think we're going to have to talk about the spoiler section now. So for spoilers, uh, there's a lot of them. I... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of spoilers. We're going to just talk about the book now. But I, I was going to put myself on the hill that Rin is not a Spearly and that she is just being, you know, she's just that good at the shamanism and the communing with the gods. And it turns out she actually is Spearly. And I was like, ah, darn it. Like, I really didn't think that was going to play out that way. But it did. So that's fine. I, like I said, I really enjoyed that first school part. I loved her rivalry with Nezha. And then fighting, and I learned her learning with Jing, who I kind of called as the gatekeeper. And then was, you know, it's like, yeah, he is the gatekeeper, but he's like a shadow of the gatekeeper because he's not even the full gatekeeper right now. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I like this. I was a little... There was one thing I noticed was that uh, Ren knew that he was the gatekeeper before he reveals himself to be the gatekeeper. And it's super close, like right in. He's just, just like, oh, Rin's the, he's the gatekeeper. And then they go into the mountain and they find him. And he is there right before he covers himself with stone, which I'm kind of like, man, if you're a gatekeeper, you should be locking the gods away still. Come on, be your gatekeeper, man. I, I know you can do this. So ah, that was so good. I saw, yeah, I like that. And I'm going to talk about, let's talk about Rin because she is our main character. 
We're always in her head, and we know the length that she's willing to go to. But I feel like, I don't know, I, I have so much. She's so smart, and she's so dumb at the same time. Like, she is obviously smart enough to pass these tests and get the high scores. But she's too dumb to think about things for 10 seconds. Like, I mean, she she has a goal. She wants to remain free. You know, that's why she goes to the military. She doesn't go to the military school because of some super, like, I have to go protect and be in the military because I am so patriotic. No, she goes because she wants to get away from an arranged marriage. So she studies and studies and the pain, uses the pain, which was, that was pretty intense too. See, using, having her use the, the candle wax to drip and burn herself and then keep her awake. And so she could study more. So I was, that was intense too. But so she's, she's the smart girl and she's going and she's acing all of her classes and she's learning things and she's pushing herself. And then as soon as the war hits, she gets super bent on revenge. I mean, she hasn't lost anything yet. I mean, cause she doesn't even know she's a spirit at the beginning, but she's like, I have to, to punish them. I have to have revenge. And it's like, yeah, you have to have revenge for them invading you, but like you, she had way too much anger, and I think she was just so dumb when it came to Alton, who for like over half the book I I referred to him as Atlan because I don't know why I just did, but he he was I mean we knew that she was better. He even said Jiang said you are better than Alton was ever. You've learned these moves faster. You've become stronger. Like. She, I just don't get it how she ever thought that, like, he was so perfect. Like, yeah, he always won those fights, but uh, guess what? So did you. And I don't know if it's just because they were both Spearleys and she was kind of just naturally attracted to him as the last Spearly. But, I mean, she had to have known, like, man, this plan that he's proposing is really, really dumb, but I guess I'll just go along with it. Like, you, she's told over and over again. The, the gods do not play nice. They kind of just take you over and then you are not yourself anymore. And then she's, but she wants to be free. So like, if you want to be free, but you want to be a vessel for the gods, those are somewhat, you know, mutually exclusive, at least in the beginning, we're led to believe. And then, so I just, I was like, why would you ever choose that? But so she knows like, Hey, these gods are very powerful. Remember that one feeling I had when I accidentally tapped into the Phoenix's power and I, Nearly killed a bunch of people, and then Jung had to save me. Yeah, let's go to people who are like that, but like even further than that. And let's go rescue them. And they'll just, you know, they'll help us wipe out the Federation, and then they'll go back to being, you know, imprisoned. And I was like, well, uh, I'm sorry, Ren, but let's think about this for a second. People who've been imprisoned for an indeterminate period of time because they're literally god vessels and can't die been crazy and you think you're just going to talk them down from being clinically insane slash controlled powered by a god direct them to your enemies and they won't kill anybody else and then they'll all go back in your thing like you are too smart for this she had many examples where she learned in the previous part of the book like some sacrifices and some victories aren't worth it because of the damage it does in the long term like yes she specifically told you could flood that valley in a training thing you know she could flood that valley and kill all the soldiers but you would ruin the world you would ruin our nikara and so it's a pointless victory because now we're all dead so i was like what 
Now, okay, sorry, we're just going to jump tracks here because there's so much I wanted to talk about. Why is the Viper playing both sides? I loved, I loved hearing that story that the three ascended and one went to the dragon and he became the dragon emperor and the Viper became seduced and manipulated and i'm like oh that's so cool she's playing both sides like but like what happened to the dragon emperor is he in under the mountain or did he actually just die before he could kind of fully meld and is that why the viper is playing both sides is because as a god of betrayal and secrets and she has to you know she's compelled to just kind of do that like i i don't understand that was so cool but seeing her play out and her hypnotism was pretty exciting i love that i i knew I did know. I kept I kept referencing Queen Tirza, and I knew that the shattered woman who kept trying to stop Rin from accessing the Phoenix's power was Queen Tirza, and that was revealed, and that was really good. So I liked that. And one other thought is like, if you need balance in the world with the gods, you know, why not just like take from one god and then take from their opposite, and then pick a different god and take from its opposite. That way, you're always kind of staying balanced. I guess that's not possible, or, you know, you have to have a certain connection, but we'll see. Um, okay, let's just, let's jump to the end, where she accepts the phoenix's full power, and she basically starts a volcano, or she lights a volcano in the Mugen, you know, island, and just destroys everyone. And I was like, uh, you, you did what? You just... You, who is like, I want to protect people, and I don't like seeing people killed. She's never, she's kind of iffy on the killing people as bad. But, like, you don't realize that you just destroyed an entire nation. I mean, for revenge, and because they invaded, sure, that's kind of a good. But uh, did the children uh, invade? Did they choose to do anything? How about all those women? Did they choose to have you invade? Did they all 100% believe that their emperor was power was right? Probably not. Uh, check yourself there, man. I, I, I was just blown away that she had no care. You know, but it, she says, like, I couldn't deal with it, and I burned a part of me up that couldn't deal with it. And I'm like, wow, that is, uh, yeah. And of course, Kite is like, you did what? You caused this, and you don't see anything wrong with that? And she's like, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. Then she immediately afterwards feels bad about it. So... A little bit of a, you know, whether she's just trying to stand strong in front of other people or not. That was a little uh, dissonant right there. And then she decides, you know, killing all those people who never actually, well, you know, they did invade. But killing all those other people isn't enough. Now I have to go after the Empress because she is the only one who could have known where we were and sold us out. And I'm like, well, she's probably the only one, but there could have been anybody. It could be other people out there who could have known or, you know, followed you or something to, to capture you. That was... Mm. All right, I think we got to talk about a little bit of the brutality and just the deaths. And it honestly, it read similar to accounts of the Holocaust and just, you know, killing babies and, and making sport of death and how can you can kill people and what's the most you know, fun you could have. It was very, very graphic and very just uh, tough to read. So I, I, that was bad. And reading about what happened to Venka and her talking about it and, you know, knowing that she's never coming back is just bad. And there was a lot of death. A lot of people around Ren died. 
So I, I wasn't quite expecting that. But again, I wasn't expecting a war book either. So we get what we get. But that was that. Yeah, I liked uh, this. This is the last thing we're going to talk about here, I think, for a second. But, you know, in the very end, when she's talking, you know, Kite says, you know, one genocide versus another. You know, how do you think they felt, you know, years ago when we attacked them and they attacked us back? Like, you can't just answer a genocide with a genocide. That doesn't work. Which, by the way, like, what's left in the world? Like, what's left of her homeland? You know, she was fighting so hard to save it, and she caused a volcano to erupt, which blotted out the sun for three or four days, minimum. Uh, so, you know, her whole land is going to be decimated and destroyed because the Federation had already killed tons of people. But then she says that she made her own choices, and that the gods had no control over her, and that the gods were just empty vessels but power waiting to be used for what they wanted. And I was like, you can't really believe that. The, I mean, if you have somebody screaming in your ear, revenge, 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 power, 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 you know, that is going to warp you more than if somebody, and change your choices, more than if somebody was screaming in your ear. I mean, it wouldn't work if they were screaming in your ear. But if somebody was saying, you know, love, peace, love, peace all the time, like, you did not make your own choices. The Phoenix super influenced you. The Phoenix has deceived you. It doesn't care about you. All it cares about is burning and revenge. And Rin is playing right into its trap. Now, I don't know where the second book is going to go. A uh, prediction from me would be, I don't think she's going to fight the Empress in this one. Uh, hopefully she realizes that the Phoenix did, you know, is tricking her and it's not worth it. And she rejects it. And maybe, hopefully, the Gatekeeper comes back and there's a s third threat. Maybe the Empress... Okay, this is it. The Empress had sold them out to become part of the Federation because she knew of a different god that was coming in or something that was coming, and she needed them to be one nation, and she knew that she couldn't attack them, so she was going to have them attack her, kind of take over, you know, betray her way up to the top, and then fight back this new thing. That's my final prediction, uh, and that's going to wrap up my discussion of the Poppy War by R.F. Kuang. Um, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. You know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you have any questions or comments, you can uh, always leave a review or send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And remember to burn the magic of books. Mm -hmm.